Hello, everyone. I I guess this is season two. I don't know. I was going to wait a while, but there, you know, there are things that have been happening in the world that have been uh, interesting for everybody. And um, it's just made me analyze and view a lot of things that maybe I haven't analyzed and viewed in the past. And it's been, it's been, there have had some, some things come to my mind. And so I thought maybe I would talk about those things today. The last time I recorded, I was talking to you about uh, coronavirus and just making sure you take care of your child physically because there are some risks with the autoimmune system for a child that has probably a lot of genetic issues, probably not just this particular 22Q. Um, When chromosomes are not um, exact, I guess is what a way to say, where, you know, with all of their components, there can be uh, deletions to things that we're not even aware of. And so, At that time, back when the coronavirus was going on, I was really concerned about my child physically. And right now, I'm really concerned about her intellectually and emotionally. And things that I've noticed during this event is that a lot of what's going on right now is even confusing for me. Um, I mean, I understand the events. I understand the way things have happened and um, movements, you know, of uh, different sorts, Black Lives Matter or Democrats, Republicans, or, um, you know, people trying to make statements. I, I understand all that in my logical brain. But I've noticed that that this is like a history lesson or a, a backwards forward confusion for somebody who has a hard time even sometimes understanding the sequencing of events or the nature of humans. And um, it's all extremely confusing. And Sarah is, you know, she's 27 now. She turned 27 on April, on May 30th. And for a 27-year-old, I mean, my 20-year-old, who's my youngest child, she has a lot of opinions about stuff. You know, she has opinions about the things that are happening. She's understood history better than maybe I have because she's taken classes more recently. And she uh, uh, she recognizes injustices in the world or craziness in the world and reactions and actions to reactions and she can she can make sense of all this and all of my kids who you know have their full intellectual capacity they can make political and common sense decisions on their own I don't even have to like walk them through that in fact often they call me and they debate it and Sometimes we're not on the same side, you know, and sometimes me being 50 years old, I have history behind me and I have 
more opinions about things that might even be more conservative than then. And that's a very common thing for this next generation is that they, they were raised different. You know, they were raised by more progressive professors and they were raised in a different world than I was. And, and I have to respect that and have to find our common ground to talk about things and try to focus on our similarities rather than our differences. And that's okay. That's just a generational thing. But when you're dealing with somebody who's intellectually disabled, even as a 27-year-old, um, sights, sounds, sensory, all of these things, their visual things with history and everything, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so I have to be really careful um, how I teach this with her. Because she is in a different generation. And what my opinions might be, um, might be different. Now, the one thing that's been troubling to me about this whole thing that's happening in the world is that we raised our kids to be what I feel very accepting of people. Um, as I mentioned before, my sons went on missions and my kids did humanitarian work. So... They learned at a very young age that, um, I remember my son Garrett, when he was on his mission, he wrote me a letter one time, and at that time we only talked to missionaries like once a week, and it was only through email. And he said, you know, one thing that I've learned while I'm on my mission is that you can't really make a difference in people's lives unless you love what they love. And I mean, he was in Switzerland uh, at that time, he was in Switzerland his whole mission. And the life in Switzerland was different. The language was different. The food was probably better, let's be honest. And um, he, uh, and the setting and the culture, everything was different for him. And he had to learn to love, which probably wasn't that hard, but he had to learn what the people there loved. And he went on a humanitarian service mission when he was 16 to the Dominican Republic. And he loved the people in the Dominican Republic. And my other son went to Belize and loved the people of Belize. And my daughter Hannah this last summer, she went to Romania and you know, was only there for four months and working in an orphanage, but she worked with autistic children and she worked with nurses. They didn't speak the same language. Not only did they not speak the same um, language as far as their actual speaking language, but to be with an autistic child, you have to learn a nonverbal language. And so my kids have learned to love people. Sarah also, I think I mentioned before, she went to Thailand on a humanitarian service mission with um, a group and loved the people of Thailand. And then she went to Fiji and she loved the people in Fiji. And so my kids have grown up, I believe, with very loving natures of people of all cultures. And even though, um, even though I'm a member of my church, I've always had friends outside of my church. And so for me, I I feel as though we have set an example of love for other people. So I don't know that my daughter Sarah has had um, prejudices within her, okay? I, I don't know. This whole topic of racism, I don't feel that that was an issue for me and my family because my kids had 
so many different kinds of experiences and so many different kinds of friends and had grown to love people of all different kinds of natures. My other daughter went to Ecuador on a service mission. And so um, this topic, though, unfortunately, what's happening is that um, my daughter, Sarah, when she sees the news and she sees rioting and looting and killing and all of these things happening um she doesn't have the logic of history and of culture and injustices to be able to put it together so unfortunately for her and for a lot of people who never thought of themselves as racist are now putting together evil and cruelty and crime with a color and that's such a disadvantage to this situation because even though the original injustice done to a police from a police officer to a person of a different color than my daughter and of course we teach the injustice of that because everybody in the world knows it was a horrible horrible thing um but seeing this all go forward with the idea of racism, it requires a lot of discussion. And it requires, because a lot of the things that my daughter will pick up will be things that have come out of our mouth, you know? Um, And so just like the poison of, uh, and the bacterias in coronavirus, there are bacterias of hatred or frustration or intolerance or disgust that come from my husband and I about the current situation or from the news channels or whatever you're, whatever, however they may get it. Because Sarah doesn't have a lot of exposure to other people. She has it mainly from us. And so it has made me realize that I need to take time to explain things really carefully. Just like I'm explaining about why the masks and why we wash our hands better and why we do the things that we do to protect our home or why we're staying home so much or why we canceled our trip this summer and why airplanes are risky and why borders have been closed. I'm having to explain a lot of things that um, are, are kind of like unique in the world right now but from any world that I've known or any world that she's known. Um, the same thing goes for this situation right now. And even though I might have strong opinions about something, which I do, I mean, I have strong opinions because of my experience in life and because I am absolutely, completely opposed to looting and criminal behavior, whatever the cost of it is. And please don't be offended by what I'm saying. It's how I was raised. I feel like, um, The best way to change lives is to serve people and love people. And unfortunately, we don't live in that world. So the way I think of things might be different than the way you think of things. And that is completely okay. This isn't a political statement. It's just the way my brain works. But what I'm realizing is that I need to convey messages and history and all of that because her opinions are not going to be developed from her natural instinct of intellect it's going to be developed by what i say and that's true for a lot of kids i mean it's true my um daughter hannah has a friend who lives with um 
a girl at college whose parents are very, very leftist liberals. And um, they, when we, they went home for the summer, her daughter came back very angry at things that were happening. Now, Hannah has been living in a house where we probably watch Fox News more than we listen to. You know, it's just, it's just how we are. It's how we were raised. It doesn't really matter, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. But what does matter is how we discuss these issues and how we breed our discussions and talk about tolerance and love and continue that message of acceptance through though we may hate the evil we can love the person and that's been really um just an interesting discussion because just like we're trying to prevent a a, a toxic bacteria in our bodies we also need to to talk and have a, a to prevent a toxic um dialogue that could create a poison about people and unfortunately she's aware enough to be able to, I mean, visually she's getting a message and the news is making a message. And even myself who do not consider myself a racist person. And I've always encouraged my kids to um, bring home friends and of all, I mean, all my son Garrett, he had Indian friends and Mexican friends and black friends, and they were always in our house. And it, and I mean, my, I dated a, uh, guy, when I was, I've always had a very like loving discussion about people of dis- different culture. But now, Sarah being in our house, she's having visual images on the news of things that are happening that are very ugly and scary. And so, the one thing I, I wanted to just talk to you to, about today is just making sure that our dialogue is, um, catered to a mind that experiences fear and and um and we're all feeling fear in in a lot of ways but especially for my daughter Sarah I mean my husband and I are not we have never been gun owners as the one thing I'm I'm not quite as a I, I really believe in 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 responsible gun uh I, I don't know what my firm opinion is but we've never been gun owners And this week we started talking about, well, like, because they were targeting the area that we live in, um, and there was news that there were going to be people coming up here and maybe that was their intent was to just scare people, but that's the way it worked. We were, we were scared. Um, and, um, we actually felt like maybe we should buy a gun and this dialogue was happening in our house between me and my husband privately, but Sarah's, you know, she's close by. And um, we were talking about, well, maybe if we just got like a pepper spray thing or, or maybe, I mean, what should we do? What should we do? And, and the way I have to be careful about the way that this dialogue is being presented, very careful because it may create fear in her. It may create, um, and this is true for any children as well, but that's the point is that you have to handle this situation like you would as if you were dealing with a child, an innocent child who doesn't understand world events. So that's kind of my message for today is um, just be careful about the dialogues that you're having. If you're angry, if you're frustrated, which everybody is, just be aware that that 
dialogue that you're having or the, the, the feeling in the house can rob the peace and can create a toxin that will be, you might see your child start acting out in ways um, because they're afraid or because, but they're not going to necessarily have their own opinion is what I'm saying. Like with my own kids, I kind of control the dialogue because I realize that their opinions may be very different from me. As with with Sarah, I have to be very careful because the dialogue might actually create fear for them and might actually create a hatred in them where they all of a sudden start thinking um, because it's a visual thing because of the sensory. They're not going to be thinking, oh, my mom just doesn't like doesn't like um, illegal behavior because they're watching the news and they're seeing the illegal behavior. And because it's a, a, a topic about racism, a lot of times you're seeing a color on the TV and, and that's calculating for her. And, that, and that's the danger of news, honestly, for a person with an intellectual disability is that they don't have the ability to take all things into context. They just see they hear things about black and white, they see the face, they see the crime, and it becomes an ingrained thought process them them that that is scary and harmful. And that is never what I've ever wanted my kids to feel. And so anyway, I'm just putting this out there. You can take it or leave it, but I do think it's important, especially for somebody who is intellectually disabled, to be very careful about um, the messages that are being talked about and that they're talked about in a way that that brings a feeling of safety and security and stability um, and also helping them to understand that the world is changing and that we do have to be careful but it's okay you know increasing the feeling of love for other people of different cultures or colors or whatever it is but also maintaining the idea that street smarts is still important because the one thing that is a little scary is that Sarah isn't necessarily very street smart and so just increasing that dialogue of of a positive nature but also a very uncomplicated um nature that's the thing is so much of what we're talking about in the world right now is so complicated. It's going back to Confederates and statues being pulled down. None of that is going to make sense to a person, a person with disability just by seeing it. You have to explain things that make sense. And that can be very tricky because if your opinions are contrary to what's happening, you have to still help them make sense of it, if that makes sense. Anyway, um, that's just my thought for today. I hope everyone is um, finding their peace and is safe and um, that we can love people. I mean, if any people in the world experience injustice, I have learned firsthand that my daughter does. And she doesn't really realize it because... Um, again, she's not putting things together, but I recognize it. I recognize how hard it is for her to get jobs. I recognize the way that people look at her. I recognize a lot of things that she doesn't recognize, but that's the beauty of this is that they are far less cognitive than you are of a lot of these things. So a lot of it has to do with the way that we explain it and express it. So good luck to everybody. And I, um, I hope that everyone is doing well.